Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. And I tell you one thing about it. It's really hot here in Seattle today. It's hot across the nation. It's hot, hot, hot. And it's hot with all these issues. And um, our goal is to keep the grassroots uh, voice alive, not only in Seattle, but around the, around, around, uh, around the country. And we're so grateful for our guest today. It's going to be Mr. Rye with an uh, update, and then Reverend Willis, and then I, uh, Miss Lorraine uh, Allen from uh, Jacksonville, Florida. So anyway, um, our goal that says to keep this grassroots voice alive. Cause hey, grassroots voice got to keep on going. It's hot, Mr. Rye. It's hot. You got air conditioner there, or you got all your windows open. What's up? Well, no, I got the shades pulled, and uh, in, in Louisiana, we used to get a block of ice and a fan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't need that. I spent the first 10 years of my life in Shreveport, Louisiana, where we also celebrated Juneteenth because uh, Shreveport is right on the border of Arkansas and Texas. Oh, and a, lot yeah, of, okay, a lot okay. of the folks in Southern Louisiana said we act like we were from Texas, but okay, we just celebrated okay. what was real. So uh, right. yeah, I just talked to uh, Pastor Willis. As you know, he sent me a copy of a, a pic with a, a noose. Uh, it was on a, work, a job site in Redmond. Uh, he right. says it's a $950 million building being erected for Facebook. And wow. uh, the noose had uh, this African-American gentleman's uh, name on the noose. And uh, people are talking about now are there any cameras around. We don't know what the situation is, but it's unacceptable. Uh, when Pastor Willis called me, I said, I, right away, I got to let people know what's going on. Uh, right, right now, we have uh, a big uh, convention in town. It's the International Association of Ministers' Wives and Ministers' Widows. Oh, really? Place. I didn't know that. Okay. It's taking place okay. over at uh, the Bellevue Hyatt. Oh. And they started on Saturday, and I'm supposed to give some welcome remarks to, uh, oh, boy, this, my phone would have to go off. That's Pastor Willis calling me. But anyway, I have to get him later. Uh, but uh, uh, so, you know, they are talking about the niceties of Martin Luther King Jr. County. And I have to remind folks, you know, in Seattle, if you're looking for black folks on Martin Luther King Jr. County, you better have to go look somewhere else because they're not there. Okay. <laughs> and that's because of what they call gentrification. I call it economic apartheid. That's what it is. It's people removal. It's people removal. And it's been doing that ever since uh, at the end of slavery. They've been, whatever little piece of land we had, they just came and tried to take it away from us. So it's an ongoing saga. Uh, 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 and we just have not figured how to get ahead of it. But at least here in Seattle, one of the things we can say, Africa Town, a few of these people are drawing a line in the sand. They say that where, where the sun sets today, they're not moving another further. <laughs> that's some of the good things that's happening here, you know, with with, with housing and, and, and some of the good things that happened. But um, but the, this ugly, ugly scourge on America, this ugly scar that has never been healed, racism is really, uh, just really, uh, this head is just rising up. Everywhere we go, everywhere we see, we hear this. We hear that. Uh, we hear. Uh, we see. We see the results of uh, of uh, you know of racism. We see the results of uh, of all of our, uh, you know, our efforts and the things that we've been trying to do in this country. And I, actually, we've been so-called good citizens, consider, considering what we've been through. Uh, we considered. We are considered to be uh, a nuisance in some way, but uh, our contributions are, are innumerable. We can't begin to, uh, to, to enumerate uh, our contributions in, to America and, and to the world. So um, 
I know that we're going to get to the bottom of this about this noose and uh, Facebook ought to be stepping up if that's, if that's their building um, and, uh, and see, what, see what they're going to do about it. So uh, anyway, I believe, I believe something good is going to happen out of this because I trust, I'm trusting and knowing that um, man plans a plan, God plans a plan, and God is the best planner. Uh, and waiting here for Mr. Ride right now. Um, and uh, why don't we just take a break right now? We listen, you want to listen to the mothers just as soon, 11.50 a.m. KKNW. We'll take a break right now so we can bring on our other guests in just a few minutes here. Market Street Shoes is happy to sponsor the Mother's Justice Show in honor of our mother, Jackie Higgins Rosebrook, who spent her life fighting for social justice and also in honor of all mothers who fight for social justice. Market Street Shoes, fashionable footwear and apparel for life's everyday adventures in the heart of Ballard since 2006. Visit MarketStreetShoes.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Lenore with your health tip of the day from the African-American Wellness Project. While coronavirus infections could go down over the next few months, we're still headed into flu season. Millions of Americans will be affected by the flu. But the good news is that we do have a safe and effective vaccine. But sadly, too many people go unvaccinated, especially African-Americans. For more about flu vaccine, talk to your doctor or visit aawellnessproject.org. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 KKNW. I'm your host. It's my joy to be on the air. We're coming back now with Mr. Rye. He's going to be giving us an update here. And Reverend Willis, I'm talking about what's going on. So, um, Reverend, uh, uh, Mr. Rye, you were just talking a little bit about it, and then you want to bring on uh, Reverend Willis? Uh, yeah, well, I got a call from Reverend Willis, uh, the young man uh, that faced the atrocity with the noose with his name on it over at this facility in Redmond, which is going to be a Facebook building. Uh, it was a graduate of Reverend Willis's pre-apprenticeship program, so he can really talk more about uh, this young man and atrocity. We all see that by seeing a noose, we know exactly what that means. So Reverend Willis, why don't you just go ahead and bring our listeners up to date on what happened. All right, thank you. And uh, thank you for having me on Reverend Walden. You're welcome. Yes, an uh, incident occurred on the, uh, the Redmond Facebook project and it was with one of my students that was, uh, I mean, he was just an honor roll student in the program. Uh, he went through his apprenticeship and within uh, he graduated two weeks ago to be a journeyman. On this project, uh, he faced a lot of harassment. And so as uh, African-American on, on projects, you know we want to stay on the project. We want to be able to get our hours in so we can journey. And so sometimes we put up with certain things, and we shouldn't have to, number one. Um, but this young man put up with some harassment, but the last um, the drawing uh, that the camp, the straw that broke the camel's back was a noose. After he um, uh, put in his papers for him to leave that project, he gave a two week notice. Um, when he went back to the area in which he works and where the tools are, a noose was hanging up uh, on a black tape measure with uh, tape on it with his name. And it said his name attached to the noose and the black speed square measure was attached to it. Also, uh, Reverend um, Walden, this was during Juneteenth uh, week, in wow. which 
he was he was uh, being harassed even about that, saying we don't we don't celebrate that, we we don't recognize that, and so he said yes, I recognize it, and so that's the time I'll be taken off, and so uh, with that he gave me he sent me a picture of the noose. I sent it to Eddie, and I mean it's just outrageous the uh, the gall and the audacity of people to to hang a noose and then put your name on it. That was a personal threat to this young man. It, he felt threatened. He, his, he felt his children were in jeopardy. His family was in jeopardy. And so he reached out to me uh, to be able to see what support that he can get um, because he was in fear of his life, but in, in fear of his livelihood, of how he can... Did, 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 did they call the police in? I mean, has, has a former complaint been made? Yes, yes. Okay. and so personally, I went with him um, to the Redmond Police Department, and he filed a complaint as a hate crime. Right. And, and okay. so that was done, that was filed, and, and so the police department said that they would investigate it. Then also his union was contacted uh, for them to be able to investigate about this situation on this project because it's this has to stop Reverend Walton. We we have to address this and we 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 as African Americans we we can't lay down anymore. We can't just allow things to happen to us like that and we just let it go. Well and, and I just want to I, I want to thank you for being involved with this but I also want to just have one commentary. The reason why these other people are winning is because we stopped organizing in a way that we used to organize. And so, yes, you know, I mean, really and truly, they, they, took a play, they took a page out of our book and for 40 years, they stayed on the task. And so we have to go back to pick up our own old tools to stay organized and to stay current and stay working at this. I'm so glad that you're involved with this. And now, then Mr. Rod, didn't you say something that's going to be happening on Wednesday on your Facebook page? Uh, yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, Pastor West Willis has that information. But I also want to say oh. that I sent that picture uh, to uh, Dow Constantine, to Mayor Bruce Hero, to Congresswoman Marilyn Strickland, to Congressman Adam Smith, and I got responses back from all of them expressing shock and dismay. But it's a reality now. The other thing is they've had a noose around our economic neck for the last yes. 23 years with I-200 right. and the misinterpretation I of the law. So. You know, it's uh, anytime anyone receives a threat, it's always a serious event. But they've been choking black folks off in this state for the last 23 years. We filed a discrimination complaint, and the Department of Justice sent our racial discrimination complaint over to the Department of Transportation. But why don't Pastor Willis tell us where the people are going to be meeting on Wednesday morning at 11 o'clock? Uh, this meeting will be held at 3200 South Occidental. Uh, the the uh, building is on the corner of Occidental Avenue South and South Horton Street, uh, one block uh, east of First Avenue in the Soto District. Okay. So I thought this happened in Redmond. Yeah, it did happen in Redmond. But we're so, organizing and meeting first because, as uh, Reverend Walden said, we have to organize. We have to come together and have a strategic and organized okay, plan okay. when we move forward. So everyone is on the same page with the right yes, information, right. saying the same thing. And so that's what this meeting is about. Who's the contractor on this building? I mean, because these contractors make all this money. Uh, they don't have no real obligation. They don't have to hire, they don't have to hire black people. They can hire immigrants with, with similar, 
you know, with other kinds of names and then fill and check the black box so they don't have to hire us anymore. So who's the contractor on this building? It's uh, B and B builders. And we okay. have also the union looking in, investigating. Matter of fact, they're there today, as well as the um, I believe the pre the police department was uh, uh, arriving there today as well. And so there is the Redmond Facebook project uh, with B and B builders as the uh, uh, general contractor on the project the young man was working. Reverend Walton, I also want to say that uh, I contacted Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos, and she's contacting the state representatives and the state senator over in that district where that building is. Right. And she has volunteered to be at whatever meeting that she's required to be at. But I told her the meeting was going to be, I thought it was going to be at a warehouse in Redmond. So now I can correct that and let them know it's going to be at 3200 South Occidental. Yes, in, in Soto. Well, also, I mean, I think something that's going to have to be over there in that area also to let, let the people know. Oh, yeah. That this yeah, is we our, want to have an organized effort. Right, right, right. And that, that's what it takes. I mean, this is what got us through. This is psychological warfare. That's why I keep trying to tell people this is warfare that never ended. We just thought we had a reprieve. This is war. <laughs> and we had we thought we had a reprieve. It was an aberration, 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 because this is this is this is how it is. And so we're still here. We're still, and, and that's why you know I always bring us around to give an update. I mean, the Justice Department don't want to do anything, but now you, they've got another hot button issue. And they're gonna they're gonna still put our stuff to the side. They're not gonna they're not gonna work on, on the voting rights anymore. They're gonna be working on other issues. And so we just we're back to where we where we started from. Yeah, it's very sad. Very right. sad. That's right. That's right. So this uh, young man, um, Reverend Walden, feels threatened. But not only that, we know one of the first things that they try to do is discredit us and and try to take that away from our voice and and discredit. But this young man, I'm telling you, was the, the almost the ideal student and then employee on the, on the job. Uh, and then two weeks, uh, he just journeyed out as a journeyman. So you know that takes three to four years to get enough wow. hours accumulated to journey out. So he had to be working consistently. And that's one of the threats that happened to us on the job is they, they try to keep us from getting those hours. And so we have to scrimp and scrape and put up with stuff to get the hours to make the good money. And, and they try to cut us off there as well. Well, I tell you, like, you know, we have to go back and say, we should not be moved. We will not yeah. be turned around. And we have to go back and understand that. And that's why, you know, I always bring Mr. Ryan because he's always out there trying to help us understand this and working down in Olympia and all these other things. And uh, I mean, we're... <laughs> This is this is this, we're back at Jim Crow. Okay, we have to understand this and how we're gonna work through it. And I know Mr. Wright got something to say. Go ahead, Mr. Wright. No, I just want to say that I also sent this to several members of the Congressional Black Caucus and we've got responses from them too. And Congressman Hank Johnson from Georgia said the sad thing is pretty soon we'll be hanging from trees again. No, I'm not wow. going down that route. <laughs> wow. But you know they're gonna try. I mean, but see, they never stop. We, they never stop yeah. trying to harm us. It is used a different stop. tactic. They just, that's why it's psychological warfare. It's a war going on ever since Lincoln yeah. signed the paper. And the sooner we recognize that we're at war so we can organize to be warriors. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of ways to be warriors. And that's what we got to do. Right now, we got to go get our children because we don't need them harming us also. We got to right. stop that because we don't need, we don't have, we don't, we can't fight all these fights uh, on all these different fronts. 
<laughs> no, especially with the young people. Well, you know, I'm going to be my do my best to be there. And then I had an injury on my knee the other day, but I'm so glad to have you on. I, I, I and to be able to talk about this. And I know you're probably going to be you have another update on Mr. Rice show on Thursday, but. This is good. Did you say something about some pastors is going to be there also? Mr. Oh, Elias, yes, ma'am. We okay. welcome, yeah, we definitely welcome the, the religious leaders uh, in our community, pastors, ministers, uh, and us coming together. That's the main uh, focus is us coming together in a unified front. So we're all moving in the same direction, doing what uh, we're called to do as warriors. And picking uh, up that's right. And I'll, I'll, let, I'll let April Randolph at uh, Institute know. I'll, I'll let Gabriel Crowder, you know, the, I'll let the IOW know. Okay. About I'll let them know. Yeah, thank All you. Right. Thank you. Well, the president of the Washington State Labor Council, Larry Brown, does know, and the Secretary of Treasurer, April Sims, both know. They okay. received, I got a response from Larry Brown already. Oh, okay. Very good. Very good. Very good. Well, I want to thank you all for coming on Mother's Justice Show, and we'll stay in touch, okay? Thank All right, thank you. Thank All you. right, thank you. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show. You too. All you right. Listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Rem Walden, and we'll be right back. Market Street Shoes is happy to sponsor the Mother's Justice Show in honor of our mother, Jackie Higgins Rosebrook, who spent her life fighting for social justice and also in honor of all mothers who fight for social justice. Market Street Shoes, fashionable footwear and apparel for life's everyday adventures in the heart of Ballard since 2006. Visit MarketStreetShoes.com. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walters. my joy to be on the air. It's hot, folks. It's hot in Seattle. You know, Seattle is a place where it never gets really hot. I know, but global warming has taken over everywhere. So it's hot here today. I think it's going to be 90. That's really hot for Seattle. But also the water is still cold. I think a few people have already gotten drowned. drowned. I know a young man. I'm still looking for him. And I think some other young people without life jackets and without supervision got into some of the water. There's a lot of water around here. Washington State, Puget Sound has a lot of water. I want to just uh, bring on my next guest. My next guest is Ms. Lorraine Allen from Jacksonville, Florida. She's been on my show before. I believe she has. I mean, and also we have a blood tie. We're, we're cousins. Uh, and uh, and she's an activist. And a lot of my cousins are activists, the Waldens and Levine. So how you doing, Ms. Uh, Ms. Allen? How are you doing? I'm just fine. Thank you. Well, yes, just hey, thank you for being my guest. Is it hot? What's the temperature in Jacksonville today? Is it hot there? Um, Yes, it's very hot today. It's uh, over 100 degrees today. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's with humidity. I, we hot out here, but we don't hardly have any humidity. So that means if you're out in the sun, you're going to be, you're going to have a lot of perspiration. Your clothes might get all wet up from sweating. So, yeah. So, oh, wow. Well, I wanted to bring you on because I know you have, a, you've had, you have an interesting life and happy birthday. Yesterday was your birthday. Oh, yes. thank that. you very much. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got a fine family, like a fine cousins there, a lot of relatives there in Jacksonville. So, yeah, just wanted to bring you on. Let's uh, talk a little bit about what's happening in Jacksonville. And I know that uh, that you uh, recently uh, retired uh, from, you know, a job that you had had for many, many years. And uh, you must have started that job when you were 15 because you're only, you're only 45 now. So, <laughs> well, thank you very much for the compliment. But um, no, I was uh, I was a little a little older than that. But actually, I did serve for 
um, 39 years, almost 40 years with the uh, Duval County Public School uh, system. And um, May the 31st was my last official work day. And um, I ended my career after uh, many, many, many years. Well, congratulations. It takes a lot of fortitude, steadfastness, commitment, self-discipline, and uh, and all of that stuff to stay on these jobs a long, long time. I mean, my previous, previous guest was talking about what's happening to a new uh, uh, apprentice, uh, well, journeyman who just started a new job, had a noose uh, hanging around his workstation to hear and good old Washington State in King County. And so, yeah, it takes a lot to stay employed in America. Is that right? <laughs> that That is correct. It takes a lot of, um, a lot of prayer. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it takes a lot of, lot of support, family support, many days that you, you know, think that you may can't continue, but then also you will remember the purpose of, of, your service and because i work with uh, young people i've always wanted to make a difference in young people's lives to enhance and enrich the lives of young people i just had and i will remember what my grandmother would say or our grandmother would say is to make do mama so i i pressed on um, <laughs> what's that make do mama <laughs> make oh do mama. i haven't heard that in a long time you know when exactly you... make do yes. mama so um i i you know i continued on um and there was a there was a you know many times that um the work environment was very toxic and um hostile um but i, I pressed on wow and that, that's just the nature of who we are in America. And uh, that's what we were talking about early on uh, with my other guests is that this is a reoccurrence of stuff that we, that never went away. I think sometimes we might've thought it went away, but this, uh, this uh, venom against us is that, that it's, uh, it's very prevalent and uh, it's pronounced right now in the last four years, five years, you know, since, uh, since their Messiah came along and named Trump. Um, he just let this stuff out even more, even more, even more. So, um, so did you work at the same? Uh, did you work at the same building, or did you work in many buildings there in Jacksonville? No, over my career, I've done um, different things. I've worked to um, you know several different schools. I started my career out in um, what they would call early education. As uh, when I came into the system. We were classified uh, as an office, I mean, excuse me, as a um, teacher's aide. And oh, yes. I worked in elementary, yes. I worked in elementary with kindergarten students. Um, in the beginning of my career, I worked with uh, students with disabilities. Um, and I transitioned from there to doing more of um, a parent, what I, I became a parent educator which meant that I did parenting with uh, single mothers with children while they went to school to get their GED, but to, you know, try to enhance and enrich the skills of their parenting skills because, you know, the, uh, the parent is the child's first teacher. And you know, through the years, I've done other things. I've also um, worked where I would um, go to the uh, adult female prison and and provide parenting inside the prison so i've had a long colorful career 
um, you know, doing different things and, you know, and working with different age level of students. So starting out, like I said, from elementary up to middle school, never had the opportunity to work high school, not necessarily in in the working capacity, but out in the community, I still work and uh, with students of all ages. Now, was is that is that is that was that a union job? Well, we are by... we we do. It's not a union job. It is state, but we do have a union, which is um you know DTU, which is Duval Teachers United, that you free will can. Um, belong to and participate and pay your dues, which I was a member as well as a union rep for for many years. Actually, I I still was a um, up until the ending of my career, I left out as a union rep. So I've sat on the board of um, uh, a budget committee for <clears throat> for United Office personnel before I was a para rep. So you know I was affiliated with also the union trying to make the work um, work site or workplace better for employees. Wow. Yeah, I know that I, I was down there once for a conference because I was with A. Philip Randolph Institute. And then last time I, I was in Jacksonville, I think it was 2008, I was down there for the conference. I, uh, and I think I, I talked to you on the phone at that time. I don't think I, I don't think I saw you then, but uh, yeah, so I've been following you though, and I, I follow you on your page, and I know that uh, I know that your son just got married not too long ago. Beautiful bride, beautiful wedding. Um, but I just wanted—I mean, the last time I talked to somebody, I we did have—I had a guest on from Jacksonville, and they were talking about how the black politicians and, and how things sometimes uh, you get people elected, and then they just kind of like go right on off into the sunset and don't really be responsive to people's uh, uh, needs and uh, that kinds of thing. So. Uh, and then, I mean, same thing is happening all over the country, though, when people get elected, sometimes they just kind of like go a different way because they want to get reelected again, I guess. <laughs> so what, how is that down there in Jacksonville? Well, um, I would agree with that. A lot of times when um, a politician, especially minority or a politician of color or black, um, they carry the black vote heavily. And once in office, all of the promises that they made to their constituents seems to be out the back door. You try to contact them, there's no response, um, you know, and you constantly seeing in your neighborhoods if they, you know, they, if they campaigned on that they're going to fix the roads and the lights and the crime and different things, and, and it's still the same or it's, it's very little or minimum um, uh, improvement. So that is a concern for many of us. And, you know, maybe we're not, I'm not sure if we're not holding them or we should hold them more accountable, the elected officials, I mean, officials to do what they say they were going to do when they are elected. And I have a concern with that uh, with our politicians. Yeah, and then that's sort of like what's going on and all over the country. Then when I did uh, talk to someone else down in Jacksonville, they were telling me that Brooklyn was being gentrified. And I, 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 I just, that, that's so hard to believe that Brooklyn, where where where, where my mother, where, where my family was living at when I was born, um, 1948, of course, but, um, and Grandma, Grandma D was living there. Um, just to think, I mean, 
and and it was actually near a place. I mean, it was near, I guess, a smelt a smelter or something. And it was a lot of uh, it was a it was a lot of chemicals in this area, and so it was land that probably nobody wanted. And then all of a sudden, I think it was a river not too far from that. Wasn't that the St. John River not too far from Brooklyn? That is correct. It it's 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 alongside the St. John's River, and that is correct. Um, you you were away, but I actually grew up. Um, with with grandma in that area and um a lot of the properties and homes and different things was built on ash sites and and dumps and all and later years later we found out a lot of um health issues was contributing factors that unbeknownst to anyone was why people was getting sick and dying with different cancers and lung diseases and all kinds of things. And now, as you stated, that is correct. You would not recognize the place as to when you remembered it. And even myself, it's, it's, it's totally different. It's, it's, it's beautiful in, in the sense that they have businesses and they have outside cafes and they've built all types of uh, apartment buildings and, you know, tore down all of the homes where, where a lot of the, um, that minorities lived and bought up their property. So, yes, exactly. You know, gentrification is like, we call it people removal. It's what it is. And this happening all over America. It was that, it's like, it's like, it's insidious that uh, every little step we make, then somebody wants to come back in and, and take it away. The reason why I knew about the St. John River, because it starts in Sanford. That's where I grew up in. St. John River starts in Sanford and flows north and, it sent me on the odyssey of all my life looking for great studying uh, rivers that flow north, north because the St. John River flows north and I knew it went to, to, went to Jacksonville. But um, it's just sad to hear uh, not only city by city what has happened. I mean, even in Sanford, when, they, when, uh, when Clinton got rid of Hope Six and they came down in and, and, and they destroyed a lot of the public housing, well, they're not building public housing anymore the way that they used to. So it's a lot of homeless people in America because they have public housing in a lot of places, it's just been raised. It's been uh, torn down. In a lot of places, they haven't rebuilt any housing for people. I don't know if that's the case in Jacksonville, but I know in Sanford, all the housing that was called public housing, the projects and stuff that was there, it wasn't a lot of them, but it was there. Uh, all that's gone. And uh, well, I not, don't, that, I don't see them. I don't see them build what we would consider a lot of public housing or low-income no. housing. But right. there is um, a lot of building. There's a lot of construction here in Jacksonville, and the uh, the problem with that is, you know, when you when you look at it, and you look at um, the minorities as far as the workforce, the the income doesn't match to what would need to be for the um, the you know for the expenses of for the rent or the mortgage. Or whatever, because a lot of minorities are in the um, entry level positions or on the lower of the pay scale, so it's very rough economically um, for for a lot of them to to be able to survive on the income, even though that they are working to try to survive because they, the the homes and the things that they're building is not is not economically. Um, um, fit for a person making forty thousand dollars a year, maybe forty-five at tops, with a family. 
Well, you know, one thing about Florida and the rest of those southern states, you have a right to work for nothing. They call it a right to work law. And so that means that somebody, everybody could be doing something, it could be several people doing the same job and they'll be making a different amount of money. I mean, and one of the things that the South has done consistently is they keep the wages low. Because as long as the wages are low, then, then it's hard for people to organize. Because one time, it's hard to organize if you don't have a shelter, you don't have, a, you know, food, uh, you, you know, you need to pay your light bill, your water bill, telephone bill. And so that, that's one of the reasons why they stay in power is because and the people who actually get those good jobs absolutely will lock the door and make sure you don't come in. And this is a strategy. It's a Southern strategy. And it's been going on for at least 40 years, ever since Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act. This has been going on for a long, long time. I mean, when I left Florida on many, many years ago, I mean, I worked for a dollar, I'd worked for a dollar 50 cents an hour when I was in Florida. <laughs> And um, I, you, I, I would agree with you. And um, unbeknownst to me, because I moved back to Florida from New Jersey prior to I lived in New Jersey, New York. And, of course, you know, family, our family, they wanted me to move back south. And I was reluctant at first, but they told me, you know, things had changed. Um, and it had became the big, bold city of the south. I remember our Aunt Johnny saying that. But when I right. look back. What, what what she really was saying, things had changed from where and through her eyes, and they were a little better because they never transitioned from this city and this state to know and to see how some things were done in other places and other northern states. But with that being said, I learned when I returned to Florida that this was a right-to-work state, as you stated. And I had to understand and learn what that meant. And I would agree it's, it's in place to keep you from progressing That's and right. to keep you making more or to keep you from questioning when you have talents and you have skills and you feel that you're not getting the same as someone else, then they can just let you go with That's no, right. no reason, no explanation, no nothing and can keep your wages low. Because when I first started in Duval County and I saved one of my first paychecks, I made $3 and I believe 65 cents an hour. Wow. $3.65 yeah. an hour. And when I tell people that, they are like, you know, today, in today's, you know, time and young people, they just can't believe it. But... I gave up a lot when I transitioned back to the South because I did not know that it was still like this in in the, in the South. And and it is, even though across the, the nation and different states are raising wages, it's the wages are still very low. And, and it's strategic. A lot of people are in entry-level jobs. Well, you know, and, and my whole idea, my whole work right now is for African-Americans. I mean, you know, I mean, we, when at the end of the day, when we say people of color, at the end of the day, everybody else is at the table but us. <laughs> so I, I learned that uh, sometimes that don't mean us. And, uh, and then they always come up with words for us to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to explain who we are. We, we're not defining ourselves. Uh, but uh, also... After, after you know having that 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 that, that wage uh, and, and earning that 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 for an income, then you know that other people who are doing the same job you're doing, who might be Caucasian, they're making more money. 
See, and that's how they keep the class struggle going because you got one person doing one job, same person doing the same job and another person, and then they make a, they don't make the same amount of money. And so economically, what they've done is like make sure that these men economic hold and they keep the unions out. See, they keep the unions out. All right, mainly in the South, they keep the unions out. But unions are making a comeback now with, with Starbucks. I mean, people are organizing uh, in, 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 that, uh, in, in that manner. But I want to digress for a little bit. I want to just talk about that I heard that our, that our, grand, that our common guard, our, our grandfather had the first Black-owned filling station in, in uh, Jacksonville at one time, deep. Did you hear that story? That, that is correct, as I recall, um, as you stated when I was a little girl. Uh, there was a type of, I guess, I, you know, a gas station, finish station, as we called it, or a mechanic shop. And I remember when I used to walk to and from school, I would stop by because I knew that um, he worked there. And I figured I could get me a, 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 a quarter. At that time, a quarter could buy you a whole lot of cookies. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, and we called it soda water. <laughs> so That's right, soda that water. Um, he, uh, our uh, grandfather was a uh, entrepreneur, and right. um, you know was was a businessman and a business owner. So that is correct. Yeah, and I think a lot of us got that 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 spirit also. Uh, you know, just trying to own your own business and uh, and go and come. I mean, it's been ebb and flow for a lot of us. For a lot of us, uh, owning our own business and, uh, and 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 that type of thing. But let's take a break and come back, and then we could talk a little bit about. What's happening uh, with you as you left the, uh, the, uh, the Duval uh, School District and, and roll on into talking about that. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Rem Walden. We'll be right back. Market Street Shoes is happy to sponsor the Mother's Justice Show in honor of our mother, Jackie Higgins Rosebrook, who spent her life fighting for social justice and also in honor of all mothers who fight for social justice. Market Street Shoes, fashionable footwear and apparel for life's everyday adventures in the heart of Ballard since 2006. Visit MarketStreetShoes.com. Good afternoon. You're listening to Mother's Justice Show at 1150 AM KKNW. I love that song. Thank you so much, Eric. You always play the right music for me. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, our mind. We have, you know what? When I hear that song, you know what I think about, uh, 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 Miss Allen? Miss Allen, you know what I think about? I think about Harriet Tubman. My mind had to stay on freedom. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. She absolutely. was not distracted. Not, she was not distracted, not one hour older. She was stayed on freedom. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and, 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 and that's where we back at. Stay on freedom, baby. <laughs> no more than all this distracting. So, yeah. So I want to lead in. I know that you had an event that happened at your school in this event, and it happened there, and uh, you probably didn't get a lot of support, and uh, you know, and and they have all these different rules and stuff, and so you are no longer a part of that anymore. So you have officially uh, retired. So anyway, so you want to just uh, give us a like a, you know a snapshot of what happened and. Uh, and, you know, about what happened to you on your job. Sure, sure. Um, the incident occurred um, this past December, January, and the, um, the incident was 
you know, I, um, I came to work like every day. And a lot of times prior to starting your work day, you fellowship with your colleagues. This particular morning, I stood away from my colleagues, but it just, it just, it seems to be something wasn't quite right. I noticed that they kept looking back at me and turning around. And so, you know, that kind of just drew my suspicions because they didn't normally act that way. So, of course, I walked over to the little group and I um, said to them, you know, what was going on? And they, they became silent and they looked at each other. And one said to the other one, are you going to tell her? So naturally, my response would be, tell me what? And uh, so one of my colleagues shared with me that um, the principal secretary um, was ranting and raving. And in her ranting and raving, she referred to me as a black N B with some other choice words. Right. Yes, in the 21st century, again, I, I say I was called a, a, a black N B. Right. All in one sentence. Right. I'm sorry to hear so, that. And uh, what kind of um, what kind of support did you get or did not get uh, from uh, from your colleagues or from the people who could have made a difference? Because after 39 years, hey, and if you had any children, they're all grown by now. So after 39 years, you've been a mother, been a wife, and a business owner, your business on the side uh, because all all the beans got some kind of business. Um, so, I mean, so how, how did that leave you that nobody stepped up? Um, it, it left me traumatized, um, having anxiety, fear, confusion, because as you stated, when I have served for 39 years, but at this particular location, more than five, and also had received many acclimates as to even this year winning employee of the year and nominated for the district of Duval. So it was hard for me to fathom that this type of bigotry and hatred was even roaming in the school. I feel that no resolution, no resolve uh, was, was made on my behalf because I feel that I was a victim. Um, the, the powers to be, the first line of um, protocol would be your school's principal. And um, your, the school principal, once I had to initiate a meeting to try to, to validate if this information was correct. Well, now in the meeting, she did validate that it had been stated. And wow. I wanted to know what was going to be done with the person. I was told that there was a pending investigation, but I felt for me it was more of an interrogation because she kept questioning, how did I know who told me? But the fact of the matter was that actually happened. It actually was stated, and there was four witnesses, to my understanding, that wrote statements in reference to what they heard. So I got little support. I also reached out to my local, to the, um, the school board um, district um, member, to no avail. 
I reached out to the union, which I've been a member of for 39 years. Uh, a meeting was held, but nothing was done in reference to, in the 21st century, having to be forced to work in such a toxic, a hostile work environment when right. someone, and they validated, actually said this. Wow. Right. So that meant every day you had to go back into a building where you had been victimized, where you've been traumatized and called out your name. 39 years now. And you and absolutely grown. She was probably, she was probably, I, I mean, I, I'm guessing that she was probably your junior. I would hope that she's not your senior in age. <laughs> That's even worse. Actually, actually, she is uh, younger than I. That's what I thought. She yeah. Is, mm -hmm. Yeah, she is younger than I, um, Caucasian. And um, it was just unbelievable that it's, it's as if it was no big deal. But yeah, like that's what no that's what they deal. believe in. No big deal. So did you reach out to the NAACP? I did call the local uh, NAACP on a couple of occasions um, to no avail. Um, you know, we they were going to get back with me. They were going to, you know, um, reach out to me, nothing. I also called a local community activist. Um, I reached out everywhere that I thought I could to, to, to bring attention to this. One, because if you operate in a school where you're having these type of thoughts and feelings and there are other African-Americans and, and, and people and students of color, then what type of culture and a climate are you allowing when you allow this to happen? But also and the other thing, how, how is that person how is that person treating the children or greeting them or treating them when they come to the office? And that was my concern as mm -hmm. well, because in, in the work environment, when uh, the individual who, who um, uh, called me this in the main office where, you know, the office where everyone comes, but they were so, they were so um, apparently didn't feel any cognitive, anything about it to even be talking like that, where even other people could hear it and to be that brazen. And that tells hey. me that they were very comfortable. Very and comfortable. this is apparently who they are. Well, and that's true. And you know what Maya Angelou said? She said, when people show you who they are the first time, you need to believe them. And so many times we don't. We say, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. But no, and then be concerned about the children. And then, you know, and how they treat the parents when parents come up to the school. Because if they treat an employee that way, then you can extrapolate out to them. They're treating the children that way. And you know, from being an educator, some children go home, they might tell their parents, and the parents says, oh, well, you know, that they're not going to do it again. Or they don't tell anybody. And some parents, some children go home and tell their parents, and their parents might get animated and come up there and want to know, you know, why did you do this to my child? But a lot of times they don't have no support either, you see, uh, going into these buildings uh, to check on their children. But I can, I can believe that if they said this to you and about you and, it's, and that you heard it and she validated that she said it and she was still in her job, this is a regular occurrence event in the schools. I, I would agree, and um, I was very disappointed. I was also hurt that uh, when I met with not just the principal, uh, I met with the um, the union president, 
of my um, local chapter here, and I met with would be the um, the higher up of the principal, and uh, in the meeting, and whom all was a Caucasian except for me. It was just wow. very nonchalant, very um, you know, kind of they came across kind of curt, and um, and I and and I said to them that I wanted to be made whole. I wanted resolution and resolve, and I didn't feel it was fair that I would have to work in an environment uh, every day with that type of, uh, you know, individual, and this is, you know, um, who they are. Well, I was told because, um, you know, I asked if, well, they did ask me, well, what would I want? And I said the person should be terminated. They should be terminated. They should not even be working in an educational environment. Uh, right. with this type of bigotry. But as well, I said, at minimum, if you will not terminate the employee, then they should be transferred at least somewhere else. And I was told by by the, um, by the uh, higher-up that they could, and they shrugged their shoulders to let me know that they were yeah. not going to do that. And in fact, they did not do that. Yeah, so you know, we run our time is almost to the end now. Is there an elite legal recourse? And I want to bring you back on. So, is that since you retired, is there an illegal recourse or not? I'm not sure. Um, that's okay. what I would like. Well, let's to investigate that then. Will... Let's yeah, let's investigate that. Okay, and I'll be willing I will to help you with do that. that. Okay, all right, and and I'm gonna have you back on. Also, I want everybody to know that. See, I want you to well, know that. We're gonna have you back I'm on. Glad to do it. Thank you. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. And have a great week, a great weekend, uh, a great hot summer. Uh, and next weekend is the 4th of July. So uh, I'll be 4th of July. So I'll see you in two weeks. Thank you.